Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Claim Your Career Crown podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our VP of Operations, Amanda, and our special guest, Heather Vickery. So for those of you who are in the know, Heather is a success and leadership coach devoted to helping clients authentically create and support a life that they absolutely love. And that's amazing. So she's also the host of the Brave Files podcast. And today we're going to be talking about leveraging fear into intentional bravery. So this is going to be an amazing conversation. Heather, welcome. We're so glad to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. All right. So for before we just dive in, for anyone who's joining us for that first time, uh, go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, share the love and click all five stars. We would appreciate it. Okay, Heather, let's get into it. How can you tell us about your journey? I'd love to hear about your journey um, and how did you get into success and leadership coaching and also, you know, like us hosting a podcast. I'd love to hear your story. Yeah, I, I that's such a big question. <laughs> I, I love like how parts. <laughs> I love how people ask that, and they're like, "Okay, now in thirty seconds, tell me everything." No, um, <laughs> so I have been an entrepreneur almost my entire adult life. I figured out right after college that while I worked incredibly well with people, I didn't work very well for people. And so I uh, took the experience that I had under my belt and I launched uh, an event and wedding planning firm, which uh, with a lot of hard work grew into one of Chicago, which is where I live, one of Chicago's premier luxury planning firms. And I was plugging along with my life like one does. I got married to a nice guy because that's what I was supposed to do. And uh, I desperately wanted babies. So that that didn't feel that didn't feel forced. I was pretty excited about having the babies, but all of a sudden I was just moving through everything with no consciousness, no intentionality, no awareness of where I was going, what I wanted to do with my life. And then uh, the bottom fell out because so I'm not even sure if you all know this. I might be throwing a big loop for you. Um, I realized that I was married to the wrong gender. And um, I spent years trying to figure out how to make the situation I was in work because you don't get married to get divorced. And I, I'm a product of divorce and I didn't want to do that. I have four kids. And um, eventually I realized that I allowed myself to live smaller and smaller and to live this terrifying fear-based life because I didn't know how to get out of it. And I, yeah. I realized that that's what my children were seeing me do. Right, right. And I thought, is this what I want for them? What would I say to them if they came to me in a similar situation? And it occurred to me that I wouldn't say, well, suck it up and make it work. I would say, <laughs> figure out how to make it right. Like the world deserves for you to be big and for you to be you and to be authentic. And um, you, you deserve that. And I knew right then that if I wanted more for them, then I had to want more for me. And I, I kind of burned it all to the ground, except for being their mother. I, I pushed through with a divorce. 
Um, I started to pay attention to what the universe was giving me from a, a career standpoint. And I realized I was already coaching that folks saw that in me long before I did. They were coming to me multiple times a week. I want to try this. I want to start this. I want to make this change. I think you can help. Will you help? Will you talk to me? <laughs> so I said, well, all right, let's just see what happens. And um, it turns out that's right where I'm supposed to be. And so I embraced the concept of being brave, not of being fearless, because fear is a natural human emotion. It yes. is it is something that we need. It saves our lives on occasion. It keeps us from walking out in the front of a moving car. It keeps, uh, you know, our instincts are good. Um, everything I do, I do with a little bit of fear, uh, because if there's not that little bit of fear, it's probably not, it's probably not something I should be spending my extra energy on, right? Like professionally, at least, um, and, and adventurously in that way. So I started coaching people who were looking to transform in different ways in their life. And of course, as we do our work, it becomes more clear what our work is. And Brave is the core root of my my podcast. It is the core root of my coaching, of my public speaking, all of it. And, and Brave is actually an acronym as well. Um, when I'm coaching, I have the Brave Method, and it stands for Boundaries, Reassessment, Reframing, and Resilience, Action and Accountability, Vulnerability, and Empowerment. And we teach folks how to utilize all of those things in every aspect of their life to live bigger and braver and bolder lives. And um, the podcast is uh, telling people stories, telling their journeys of how um, they are living their brave life in, in so many different ways. So that no, was that's, as short yeah. as I can make that story. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. And I love your story. And I have to admit, I mean, I, I'm we're a big fan of acronyms as well. And and uh, I use the resilience acronym and a, a couple different things that I do. So I have the COVID wrap, which is resilience, agility, and problem solving. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I mean, know. resilience is huge. I, I yeah. have you done your your Angela Duckworth studying? <laughs> it seems yeah. you have great and resilience. It's pretty powerful stuff. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, that you know you just can picture Captain Marvel as she gets up off the dirt one more time, dusts herself mm -hmm. off and goes after it again. So absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love your transformation of turning something that could have been a, you know, a difficult situation for you and turning that into um, such a statement and making a, a, a career about that, that helps people. And, and you talk about leveraging fear into intentional bravery. And it sounds like that comes from your own personal experiences. Can you share more about what that means to be intentionally brave? Yes, I can. And I do want to just just to clarify, people hear um, just a snippet of my story and they somehow translate that into um, it's still it's not difficult. And I want to be really clear. It was really hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. really difficult work. And bravery um, doesn't mean that that the challenge goes away. Uh, it just means that the challenge is worth it. And so that's where intentionality comes from. So often we leave our lead our lives like we brush our teeth. We, we just, just a routine. We get up and we, we do this and we go to the bathroom and we drink a glass of water and we brush our teeth and we get dressed and, and we're so used to doing it that we don't even know we're doing it. And what I want folks to do is to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. And is it moving you closer to something you want in your life or your business? That's where the intentionality piece comes from. When we we stop and 
and do the R of my brave method, reassessment, reframing and resilience and think about, is this working for me? What are my lessons? What am I learning? What's not working? Who do I want to be in this situation to get what I want out of it? When we do that, all of a sudden we put intention behind our actions. And that results in making, taking bigger risks, making bigger and bolder moves. When we do that, we have bigger payoffs. We make more money. We serve more clients. We have happier family members and it's contagious to everyone around us. It, it, it bleeds in this most wonderful way. And folks start to go, Oh, well, she can do that. I can do that. Or I'm inspired to try that. And I really break down the concept of brave from. Um, we used to always just think of it as big, macho, you know, climbing mountains and doing really, really hard things. And yes, those are brave, but there are a million ways, if you're intentional about it, to choose bravely every day. Some days are hard. Some days getting up is brave. Some days saying no to somebody who um, maybe is taking advantage of you is brave. Some days choosing to eat healthy is brave, right? There are a million ways. I had this um, wonderful experience last year where I got to be in the audience where Oprah Winfrey was a keynote speaker. Oh, right? Wow. Yeah. That's it. And, and Obama was the other keynote speaker. It was a hell of a week. I'm not going to lie. Michelle or? <laughs> um, yeah, great question. It was Barack. I was supposed to go to the conference this year and Michelle was the keynote speaker, but that got uh, moved because of COVID. And um, Oprah talked about intention. And she talked about gratitude and I, I've actually written two books on gratitude. So that's, uh, it was, it was as if I were going to church. I'm a spiritual person, but not a religious person. It was pretty great. Oh, I was like, I'm going to go to the church of Oprah, but she talked about intention and she said, um, everything I do, I do with intention. I know why I'm making every choice, what I eat from what I eat to what I wear, to where I travel, to who I interview, to the home I live in and my sheets and my car that I drive. And you might think that I have the privilege of being intentional because I'm Oprah, but I'm here to tell you that I'm Oprah because I chose to be intentional. Wow. That's really powerful. It's really every time. And I've told that story probably a million times and I literally get chills up and down my whole body. Yeah. And I was already coaching on being intentional. It was something I was already doing, but I use her because who, who doesn't like feel that? And you, everybody can be anything. And, and your definition of what's successful or what makes you feel big or bold or brave is going to be so different from mine or, or from Lynn's or Amanda's or from Oprah's, right? You get to decide. But if you aren't intentional about it, you don't get to decide. Absolutely. Now, I really like what you're saying. I, I think it really rings true for me, and I think it will for um, all of our listeners too. Yeah. Good. Um, Good. You talk Glad about to hear it. developing boundaries. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. You talk about developing boundaries as part of the um, the first the first letter in your brave acronym. Yeah. And that's actually a subject I really care about. Um, <laughs> why do you think it's so powerful for intentional bravery? Yeah. I mean, boundaries are the, the key to every form of success. So the dictionary definition of boundaries is limits that define acceptable behavior. The brave method definition of boundaries takes it a step further and says that you get to decide what's acceptable. Mm -hmm. And when we set, thank you, when we set strong boundaries and, and this is really important, communicate them clearly with anybody who needs to know what they are, we are putting ourselves first, 
We are asking for what I want, what we want. We are being intentional. People cannot give you what you want if they don't know what it is. This old school notion that someone should just know not to call you at 10 o'clock or that your partner should send you flowers for your birthday or that you don't like tomatoes, right? People don't just know. People don't know unless you tell them. And most folks are 100% okay with whatever is happening as long as they have the information, right? Mm Um, so boundaries are game changing and I could do days long workshops on boundaries. I love it. Almost everyone I meet says, Oh, I could do better. I could do better with, with my boundaries. And so I challenge you to make it really small. And I do walk the walk with that. If you were to call me, you would get my voicemail and it would say, if you've called after 5 PM or on a weekend, I will get back to you the next business day. So that's a boundary, but it's not me telling somebody else what their boundaries are. They could call me, they can call me after 5 PM, but I'm not going to answer the phone and I'm not going to return their phone call. Right. So I'm not managing other people's boundaries. I'm divinely detached from theirs. They know what mine is. Mm-hmm. And it's game changer. Absolute game changer. Yeah. Now I completely agree with you. I mean, I feel like I struggled with boundaries when I was younger and I started to realize that I was like saying yes to too many things that I didn't want to say yes mm-hmm. to and was working myself too hard for things that like I wasn't giving myself enough um, free time. And yes. so actually that was one of my things as I, I made myself very strict uh, working boundaries. Like I don't work after a certain time. I don't work on weekends. And that's why I don't have like my work email on my phone. Because Good for you. So smart. Exactly. Because every time an email pops up, I want to look at it. And then I and then I read it and think, oh, I should just take care of that. And then it just spirals out of control. You said something that I love and I love it. I love it. Everybody here should, should soak this up like a little sponge is that those are systems, but systems are boundaries. Uh, and being aware enough that you want to implement them is a really brave thing to do. And something like not putting your email on your phone because you know you'll look is a really brave boundary to put in place. And I've had people say to me, well, because I take Facebook off my phone on the weekends uh, mm-hmm. so that I can d- disconnect. And my one of my friends said, well, can't you just not look? Like have some self-control. And I'm like, no, no, no. First of all, you don't get to guilt me. And second of all, social media is like a bitch and we can't get away from it. And email is the same thing. So whatever system helps you live your best life and be the best version of yourself, do not let anybody make you feel less than for using a system that works for you. Um, it's OK that, you know, you're going to check your email. And so don't don't have it on your phone. I don't take my phone when I take my kids to the park because I can't help it. I can't help it. I look, I look at the text messages. I look at the email. I pop on social media. And so I do what works for me and create my own boundary around that. And don't let anybody tell you that whatever system works for you should be shameful. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I exactly. mean, it definitely you just it's such a crazy thing that people feel that their way is the right way. And they're I, I encounter that from time to time where it's like, no, they're there's more than one right answer here. Oh yeah. I have a great story. My, uh, my children go to a private school that is a uh, progressive education. So it's student led social, emotional, so social justice based learning. And when uh, my now fifth grader was in third grade, the very first day of third grade, they 10 kids in the class, they do morning math. They all have to work on a math equation where the answer is the day of the month. And all 10 kids created different math problems to get them to the day of the month. And the teacher said, huh, you all used a different method to solve this problem. 
what does that tell you? And all of these third graders and third graders are like eight years old, right? All of these third graders said, oh, that there are lots of ways to solve a problem. Yeah. Yes. 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 I love that. Things are not linear. Um, yes. And, uh, there's, uh, that's a really big, big concept, I think, for people to get out. Uh, I know there's this one song I listen to that I love that, you know, uh, uh, that sort of focuses on that. You know, you're not, you know, you're. I don't need to, you can talk and talk and talk, but I can choose. And I think the power of choice is so important in that mm-hmm. sense of, choosing um, what works for you. And like you said, if you know what doesn't work for you, I mean, in opposite to Amanda, I do look at my emails and all that and to you, but I do make a rule not to look at them at a certain point in time at night, because that's just like, no, you know, after like yeah. 9 yeah. PM, because I don't want to get myself worked up into a tizzy mm-hmm. or feel like there's something I have to take care of. But I also come from a background of professional sales. <laughs> right. Where that's that timeliness is important. And, and, and then the uh, corporate leadership. And that was, uh, you know, I honestly that was but I didn't uh, I never let it run my life. To your point, if there was a something that I was attending, the phone was turned off, you know, in yeah. you know, it was yeah. not participating. So you have to make the rules that work for you. And so, you know, when you're thinking about that, I mean, this is really talking about I like to call it work-life integration, but a lot of people use the work-life balance. <laughs> balance. You know, and, you know, I like point, to say harmony. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that was actually one of the reasons why for Petite to Queen, we have, you know, uh, work, we have sales because I believe all women should have sales training because it's leadership training. Absolutely. So work, yeah. sales, mm-hmm. and then life, because if you don't mm-hmm. have everything, I can tell you, because I know from personal experience, because my husband, you know, we went through a dark journey of uh, three years of terminal cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, But there were so many incredible parts about that. But still, at the end, and on your deathbed, you're not going, oh, if only I'd done that extra work to get a promotion. Never. If only I had closed that other deal. No. Mm -mm. Never. You have to have the, the life component so that you're a whole person, so that you can feed, you know, you know, this happiness and positivity to the universe. And um, I think that's mm-hmm. a really important. And I love that about what your program. So can, you know, what about, how do you see this playing into your mission for bravery? Yeah. So uh, I believe that making time for self-love, self-compassion, self-care is uh, radically necessary. And I call it harmony. Uh, I sometimes call it balance to sell it because people want, that's like a buzzword, but you know, it's not the scales of justice. It's not like 50% of your time, you're going to be doing work stuff. And 50% of the time you're going to be doing, you know, personal stuff. That's not the way it works. It, it moves, it ebbs and flows based on what you want happening in your life. And this is why I believe that those boundaries and that time to reassess and having that scheduled in is so very, very crucial. Because if you don't pause, and I encourage people on different scales to do a reassessment piece on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis um, at, at different ways in each of those scenarios. If you're not pausing to do that, then you don't know. You're not paying enough attention. I want you to check in and say, how do I feel? Being balanced, being harmonious is about how you feel when you check in with yourself. Am I spending my time and my energy doing things that are making me happy and taking me where I want to go. And if we don't 
think about it, if we don't sit with it, if we don't have processes in place to digest it and learn from it, then we're not harmonious. We're not balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that makes sense. I think, I think self-care has been a really big theme that has been coming up a lot lately in the last couple of years. Oh yeah. And, and that's something that I've, I've actually kind of been focusing on and, you know, making sure I'm taking care of myself and like exercising well and meditating and eating healthily, health as healthily as I can. I do have a sweet tooth. I can't really help. That, yeah. But. Listen, me too. But it's so much more than like care. It's giving mm-hmm. yourself grace. It's trusting yourself, self-trust. I wrote an entire newsletter mm-hmm. on self-trust to try new things, to make mistakes, to love people and to be loved and to ask for what you want. You have to trust yourself to do that. But if you don't love yourself and care for yourself and give yourself grace and compassion, there won't be anything left of you to give to anyone else. So folks who say, oh, I don't have time for that. I have to take care of my family or I have to give it all to my clients. What are they going to do when you fall apart? Because you will. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um, you mentioned earlier that you've written two books on gratitude. Um, can you talk more about gratitude and its greater impact? Absolutely. So I'm certified in positive psychology. And for those of you that don't know, uh, psychology in general has always been the work of going from bad to zero. And that's crazy talk, right? But uh, about 21 years ago, a, a scientist named Martin Seligman came on the scene and he's like, Jesus, is this really the best we can do? Like, is Zero is nothing our goal. There's got to be a way to go from zero to happy. Thus was born positive psychology. And the through all of that research and training, the number one thing that is scientifically proven to increase our overall happiness and well-being and give us more joy is a regular gratitude practice. And that seems so silly and so simple and so crazy. Literally, they can do an MRI on your brain before you get a gratitude practice. And a couple months later, if you've done it every day, and they can see that you are a happier person in your brain. And so why that is, is because a a couple things. One is neurologically, we cannot hold negative and positive thoughts at the same time. Now, I'm not a uh, girl, wash your face and get over it and just suck it up kind of person. I really think we should. (laughs) I think we should feel our feelings and we should dive into them. And even when we do, we can find things to be grateful for. Um, Almost more importantly, we find them during struggle. And what that shows us is that it isn't actually all bad, even if it feels all bad. It almost always uncovers that the world is bigger than you, that you have love, that you have support, that somebody somewhere is on your side. Um, And that we can redirect ourselves mentally into things that feel good instead of staying shut in spaces that feel bad. And so my books are, they're books and journals. The first one is called Shift Your Focus. It's geared towards professional adults. And there's um, a a small written component that talks about my journey towards gratitude, uh, the science behind gratitude, different ways to practice it and why it matters. And then it's a 180 day guided journal that asks you what you're grateful for and why, what your personal wins are for the day, why those are different. And then there's a unique prompt, 180 different unique prompts to help you think about gratitude in a way that you wouldn't. So off the top of my head, one of them is, um, what's your favorite memory from school? What are you grateful for there? What what ice cream flavor are you most grateful for? That kind of thing. <laughs> and then the um, 
the kids book is called Grow Grateful. And it's a gratitude journal for kids and families. And I did a focus group. I interviewed a ton of parents and had them chat with their kids. And I learned so much from the children. And we added a whole new component, which was um, there's a difference in being grateful and expressing gratitude. And there's such a gift in expressing gratitude. So we added a component of how did you express gratitude towards others today? And we talk about why that's impactful. And um, it, it's literally changing the way families communicate. It's giving you a jumping off point to have conversation. And it's teaching children how to be resilient and how to find things that work for you, even among things that are not always great. Um, and it's really, it's, I love it. I could talk about gratitude all day. Yeah. Uh, I, I, like I said, I sort of touched on that before, but when with my husband in that situation, you know, that was really a dark tunnel and, uh, and I did throw myself a two week pity party, but then I, I, that resilience, you know, it's always been there for me. And I went, okay, this was the hand we were dealt and you know, what am I going to do about it? You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I knew what the eventual outcome would be, but we had, you know, at that time they, they'd given him a six month to a year prognosis for, and he lived for three years. Wow. Um, but that was because of the university of Washington and the incredibly exceptional care he received, but, um, and his own, and uh, the things that he had done for self-care, he had meditated for decades, you know, and, mm, he continued to yeah. do that. and the strength of having, you know, the, um, you know, the love and support of your family around you, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, we just chose to like, well, you know, there are things that we can do together and as a family to celebrate every day and create memories that will last. And we got through that dark tunnel with an amazing, amazing memories and so many wonderful things that we did during that time. And yeah, it was tough. It was tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just goes to remind us that um, emotions aren't isolated. You can be scared and excited at the same time. You can be happy and sad at the same time. You can be cautious and brave at the same time. You can be hurt and happy at the same time. All of those things can happen, you know, simultaneously. And I love that you said celebration. I actually have an element in my podcast, every single episode where I ask the guest how they celebrate. And we talk about why celebration is so important for leading a healthy and brave life. And you just said why, like <laughs> it, it gives you something to cling to. It gives you something to some momentum to grow off of. We're, we're always breeding something. We're either breeding, you know, heartache and fear, or we're breeding gratitude and, and joy and celebration and we get to choose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the same thing we do that with our company. So we can look at something and say, look at everything that we gained from this. And yeah. um, look at all the the ways that, and, you know, like, okay, let's celebrate everything that we gained from this. And maybe it wasn't successful in this way, but that's, all, but, you know, what have we gained and what do we learn and how can we move this forward? Because what's incredible about these types of situations, certainly, you know, both for personal life and work life, but you can take all of that and then leverage that knowledge and, and you actually are positioning yourself for breakout success. Absolutely. Sometimes we truly have to fail um, so that we can learn. Learn. Mm -hmm. And yes, I mean, just like riding a bike. Come on. How many times did we fall off the bike? And yet we kept getting back on. And why? Because 
we could see like a visualize as a child, like I can ride to my friend Judy's house on my bike and go see her, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and you know, if I can I learn to ride this bike. <laughs> yeah. I call that finding the want behind the task that you don't like. Yes. Why? So that when something feels really hard and you're having a difficult time getting yourself to do it or getting through it, really sit again. This is the intention piece. What do I want on the other side of this? Why is this worth torturing myself right now? (laughs) And if what you want is the right thing, if you're going for the right goals, then you will sit down and you will do the hard thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and all this leads to, you know, I think what you do so well is uh, translating your intentional bravery into fuel for success. So I'd love to hear you share some more about that. (laughs) Well, um, all of it is, is related, right? So I, I call it leveraging your fear into intentional bravery. Um, you know, fear either owns us or it empowers us and the choice is ours. But if we take the time to figure out what we're actually afraid of, which here's a tiny little tip. Usually it's not what you think you're afraid of. Um, it's, you know, if it's public speaking, if sometimes I have a client, oh, I'm terrified to get on that stage. And you think that you're afraid because no one is going to, uh, what if you screw up and people don't like you, but that's not really what you're afraid of. And we dig in, what is it that you're actually afraid of? Oh, well, I'll lose my job or I'll never book another client or they'll hate me, you know, whatever. And then we talk about, um, what's likely to happen, what's more likely to happen, or what's the best thing that could happen. So when we take our fears, yeah, and we we turn them around. And this is a really powerful thing. In fact, I, I did a podcast interview earlier this week, and I said the same thing. And I, um, I got a message back the next day from the podcast host. She's like, I tried it and it works. If you take the thing that you're most afraid of, and you do a complete 180 turnaround, what would the opposite of that thing that you're most afraid of be, right? And then you try to find ways to create that opposite or to prove that maybe that opposite is already true. So um, I'm afraid that I don't, and sometimes a limited voice, I'm always afraid that I don't work hard enough because um, (laughs) I own my own business and I work from home and I have these great boundaries, right? I don't work after hours and I don't work when my kids are home on the weekends. Um, But then at the back of my head, I think, um, oh my God, if you're not working all the time, you're not working hard enough and you're, you're screwing it up. Well, the opposite of I don't work hard enough is I do work hard enough. Well, how do I know that I work hard enough? Well, I I pay all my bills. I keep my kids in private school. My client roster is, is full. My membership program is thriving. I'm asked to be on awesome podcasts like this. People buy my books, right? I have all sorts of proof. If I stop and I slow down and I do the work to reassess and break it down. So it doesn't mean that those fears and those limiting voices don't present themselves. It just means that I have the tools and resources to quiet them for a minute so that I can still be an effective human. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. And I feel like ah, we've never met before, but man, we're such kindred spirits. <laughs> I go through my scenario is what's the worst thing, thing that can happen. You know, what's the best thing to happen and what's likely to happen. But when you look at what's the worst thing to happen, it helps you identify your fears and really look at them. Yeah. Yeah. And then by going through the, it's, and then you can either take action on how to mitigate those fears. Um, but you can also do that reality check as you know, that assessment, you know, uh, the best thing that could happen would be this. That's pretty cool. You know, now yeah. likely to happen uh-huh. you know, is this, but is there something that I can do 
to influence the situation or the yeah. circumstances to get to that best case scenario. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, for a fact that the worst case scenario will happen if you don't ever take the action. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's just like, right. Goal. Yeah. Goal without a plan. It's just a wish. You know? Yeah. 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 You yeah. have to take action on it. And also, um, you know, best case scenarios do sometimes happen. They don't maybe happen as grand as we think, but they, if we're honest with ourselves, they do happen. I, I, I do a, a live training a couple of times a year, it's at the Brave Method Workshop. And I had the first time I did it, I had these really grand goals of the number of people that were going to show up and the number of people that would convert into my membership program from it. And um, I was off by like, you know, 120%. <laughs> uh, but what I learned was that if it had worked that way, my program would not be what it is. So I was able to refine and redefine what I wanted my program to be. And instead of a bigger scale program, it's a very intimate program where we have no more than eight people per cohort. And those people get really custom personalized attention and they build a family within the intentionally brave entrepreneurs program. And we couldn't have done that with 30 or 50 or hundred people. It wasn't possible. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. So my best case scenario happened. I just, it just didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do the same with ours. I, our sales program is, Eight is really that number, that ideal number for a client, a B2B, a B2B client to have, yeah. you know, eight of their team members in the, the training. Because after that, it gets to, there's too many. Mm -hmm. And there's this pivot point where people won't talk because other people are talking. I'm yeah. a talker. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, now, uh, once again, though, for my executive training, you know, I, I will notice and I'll make sure I ask questions of very of specific questions, not putting you on the spot, but eliciting, getting them to give us, you know, some input. So they feel comfortable that they're recognized and that it's a safe place uh, to talk. Um, but that's, that, that's uh, really, I, so there, I mean, it's really funny how we both came up with that number of eight. <laughs> I know it's, it is, it's, it's a great number. Um, I won't do less than six and I won't do more than eight. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh, well, do you have to do you do the rules of three also, Lynn? Oh, oh, honey, <laughs> yes. Yeah, the rules of three uh, from everything from cosmic karma. It's going to come back to you at uh, uh -huh. three. And also just everywhere you set it up uh, from sales. I was a uh, you get your three choices. No yep. more than three. Yep. I, yeah. I actually frame things in good, better, best. You I know? love it. And so it's uh, because it just oh, it's too it overwhelms people. And even yeah. if, you know, if you ask a question of your family, so a personal note, like, hey, you know, what do we want for dinner? That's too wide. But if you say, do we want to go to Azteca, Clay Pit, or Azul tonight? Yeah. Three choices. Yeah, Very pick one. Cuisines. And of There's, course, these days it's all takeout. But <laughs> <laughs> There's fascinating science behind that. One of my favorite podcasts to listen to is Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History, but they talk oh, all gosh, about, love isn't it a good one? So good. Yes. Um, and all of his books also, but oh. more decision, more choices. We think more choices make people happier and they really just shut people down. People yeah. do not need more choices. No, but I use the, yeah. the rule of three, even... Um, like I indicated before, I'm, I'm a spiritual person. And when the universe presents something to me three times, it has my attention. Yes. 
It's yeah. in the back of my head the first couple of times. The third time it shows up, I go, oh, I'm supposed to do something with this. Yes, and that's yes. how my membership program started. That's how my books got written. I have a, another book going. We're doing a manifestation, a business manifestation card deck this year, which I'm so excited about. That's how the podcast came. So uh, yes, I love the rule of three. Yeah, uh, we could just talk about that. <laughs> you know, uh, Heather, uh, this has been such a, a great conversation. I know we could go on and on. Uh, we Maybe we should schedule something in the new year and we could just talk about the sure. rule of three. Uh, I love it. Else. Yeah, but um, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing um, uh, about leveraging your fears. That's, that is, if someone has one takeaway today, um, let's get that out there. Um, being intentionally brave, uh, that's just amazing and uh fueling your future for success i mean that yeah. these things i believe i'm right there with you they they are so there are cornerstones for you to be able to move forward and to make a new choice um this has been a really powerful conversation i think it's going to inspire so many of our listeners and i know i know that they're going to want to know more about you and where they can find you Oh, thank you. It's been a great conversation. I love it. And I do think we could talk a lot for a long time about a lot of topics. Uh, I am super easy to find. My kids actually think I'm a celebrity, my little ones anyway, because when you put my name in Google, I pop up. Uh, but it's really, I don't have the heart to tell them. It's just good SEO. But my yeah. website is vickeryandco.com. I am on all of the social media platforms at Vickery and Co. And the Brave Files podcast, you can find anywhere you enjoy podcasts. And I'm like you, Lynn, I love that. You're like, go ahead and click that five stars and subscribe. Yes. Take a listen, click those five stars and then share it with somebody. Um, because I guarantee you, you're going to love it. It's going to, it's going to inspire you. And also I have a free Facebook collective. If you like this idea of, of leveraging your fear and being surrounded by people who are ready to be intentionally brave, it's called brave on purpose. So just search up brave on purpose in Facebook and come and hang out with us. Cause it is a hell of a community. And I love being surrounded by people who have intentional living at the, at the heart of all they're working on. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. Thank you so much. Wow, Heather, thank you. Amanda, thank you. Um, this has been a great discussion, so informative. And for everyone in our audience, if you have ideas you'd like to share, please, please leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts. And if you have a, uh, a question or <laughs> would like to suggest a topic for discussion, you can email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. And of course, to stay current on all our insightful advice and breakthrough advantages, sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter. And you are never going to miss out, especially on incredible podcasts like the one we had today with Heather and Amanda. So thank you both. And thank you, everyone, for listening. <music>